0: Welcome to Sports School. Class is in session. I'm your host, Coach Dwayne, a regular teacher with a sports mind. And so I know some of you are wondering, why is this teacher doing a sports podcast? Well, I go ahead and tell you. I went in in the last episode. I gave you guys my my picks for the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, and I think I'd have done better letting my dog, who's laying right here pick the winners because I did absolutely atrociously in selecting how that was going to go. And I went into school and I was telling my students, I was like, my bracket's already busted. and, And my kids looked at me like they had no idea what I was talking about. And that's when I realized maybe I needed to go and do something where my need to talk sports, where it looks like my need to talk sports would be more appreciated. Um, so here I am giving, uh, sports content, coach Dwayne, handing out grades, teaching lessons, giving detention today. We got an absolute legend in my mind coming on the podcast. You've heard me talk about them. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we got a legend coming on to help me teach, but let's hand out these grades first is NBA trade deadline day. Some huge deals went through. Um, I really liked the Denver Nuggets deal to uh, acquire Aaron Gordon. But I think what I like the most is what the Chicago Bulls did today. The Chicago Bulls went out and traded for Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic in the trade. What they get is an absolute double-double monster. Averaging 25 12 a game. Uh, Vooch shooting about 39 to 40% from three, 47 to 48% from the field. Just an absolute stud that the Bulls can now pair with their scoring guard in Zach Levine. And the reason I like this, they trade Wendell Carter Jr. Lots of potential. He just never seemed to, it just never seemed to all click for Wendell Carter coming out of Duke. I didn't think Wendell Carter was as advertised. I didn't know if his game was gonna ever expand outside the paint. He's an undersized five. They trade Wendell Carter. They trade two firsts. And the reason that I like this for Chicago is Chicago is just going for it. Chicago is just going for it. And those two firsts that they have to give up, you're kind of admitting that that you you whiffed on Wendell Carter and you give up the two firsts, but for Chicago, this is a, we want to be competitive. We feel like these firsts will be towards the end of the first round with the addition of Vucevic when we pair him next to Zach Levine, when we pair him next to Lori Markkinen, uh, when we pair him next to our rookie first round pick this year uh, in Patrick Williams. Um, and I think this helps Markinen's game expand to Markinen currently averaging 18 and 6. I think this helps Markinen's game improve. Um, you're not going to be able to key on Markinen as the, the big man that you need to focus on now that Vucevic is going to be playing on the floor. Uh, I think this allows the, the floor to just spread. Um, Levine's going to have open lanes. Patrick Williams is going to have open lanes. Both of their bigs can shoot. Vucevic, like I mentioned earlier, dominant rebounder. I just really, really like this for Chicago. This potential lineup of Kobe White, and yes, I'm aware that Tomas Sadoransky is currently the starting point guard uh, for the Bulls, but a lineup of Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Laurie Markkinen, and Nikola Vucevic is a solid starting five. Um, and then off the bench, they made another move. They they also got Al Rukaminu Aminu in the Vucevic deal. They make another move later on to add... Daniel Tice, I like that addition as well. And so, got the hiccups. Um, I, I really I really think that the starting lineup and then the, the bench depth of Tice, Aminu, Thaddeus Young, Denzel Valentine, really makes for a deep, competitive Chicago Bulls team that's currently two games out of the playoffs, um, and they're just deciding to go for it. They're deciding to make a move. They're going to have Vucevic and Levine um, as a dominant duo that they're going to be able to build around and add pieces to. I really, really like this for Chicago as they look to get back to relevancy. The B for today on this trade deadline day goes to the buyout market, the potential buyout market. There are some names on the buyout market to, to watch out for. You got LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Andre Drummond, both of which have already been bought out. Hassan Whiteside could be bought out. Cousin, DeMarcus Cousins, he, he's out and available. Austin Rivers was traded today uh, if, you, if your team needs a combo guard. Wayne Ellington if your team needs a shooter. Otto Porter was traded as a part of that Bulls trade. It's yet to be seen if the Magic are going to keep Otto Porter or buy him out as well. But I like... I, I like some of the options on the buyout market. Um, beginning with Lamarcus Aldridge, I think he's going to end up going to the Miami Heat. I think the Heat are going to have a, a lineup of Goran Dragic, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Lamarcus Aldridge, and then Bam Adebayo. Uh, I think that's going to put them on the map. That's going to solidify Miami. That's going to make them much better. The the ability of Aldridge to, to space out, to pull one of those bigs out as his three-point game has gotten better is going to help Bio just really dominate down low. I think Andre Drummond, it's going to come down to two teams. I think Andre Drummond is going to the Lakers, or I think he's going to the Knicks. Um, and I think ultimately he's going to go to the Knicks where he's going to be able to be a focal point, um, especially with what Thibodeau likes to do where he likes to focus on the defensive end. He likes to slow the game down. I, I like Andre Drummond going to the New York Knicks Um Hassan Whiteside, I think because the Lakers don't get Andre Drummond, I do think Whiteside gets bought out by the Kings, and I think Whiteside goes to the Lakers, where he'll kind of play the JaVale McGee role. Um, The more defensive-minded big, just get rebounds. We don't need you to score. Um, And then when AD and LeBron comes back, they're able to put those twin-tower lineups back on the floor. I think that's going to be a big deal. I think that's going to help quite a bit for the Lakers. I think DeMarcus Cousins is going to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, It just seems like there were ties back to the Lakers. I I believe if Cousins was going to go back to the Lakers, he would already be there. I think the Nets are going to need to solidify that bench unit. They're still going to need guys can score that are not in their starting lineup. Uh, I think Cousins can be that in limited spurts if Cousins agrees to come off the bench. If not, you can still bring in DeMarcus Cousins and maybe De- DeAndre Jordan goes to the bench. Um, I-, I think the Nets are going to need to bring in someone to solidify their bench as they go along. Austin Rivers, he was traded today, part of a three-team deal involving George Hill. I think he gets bought out. I think he doesn't really fit with what the Thunder want to do. He doesn't really have a role. I don't see where he fits in their rotation um, so I think Austin Rivers gets bought out. I think he goes to the 76ers. I think he goes back to playing for his dad. Um, he's a combo guard. You can play him at point guard and allow Simmons to move to the three if you need. Uh, he can play the two guard if Simmons is is, is running the point And you have various lineups. I think his ability to play both guard spots combined with Simmons' ability to play the one through the four Um, adds a lot of versatility to what the 76ers can potentially do. Combine that, the ties between him and his dad as the head coach, I do think Austin Rivers goes to Philadelphia. There's two guys. There's two shooters out there. Two shooters out there. Um, Wayne Ellington, who's currently with the Pistons, and Otto Porter Jr., who, as I mentioned earlier, was traded part of the Bulls deal for Vucevic. I think they're both going to get bought out. And I think one of them is going to Milwaukee and one of them is going to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. Both teams need shooters. Both teams need guys that can hit the three. I, it's hard to believe that the Pistons couldn't get something for Wayne Ellington, especially on an expiring deal. Um, these contenders are are, are going to need shooting. And Ellington is a spot-up shooter, a guy that LeBron loves guys like Wayne Ellington looking at the Ray Allen's the Mike Millers um guys that he can drive draw the defense in and then he can kick out and you trust those guys to hit the shooters J.R. Smith guys like that um same thing with Otto Porter I think these guys both get bought out I think one goes to the Bucks because the Bucks again need shooters. We we've discussed this in earlier podcasts um where Giannis is gonna command so much attention inside that allows him to kick out to shooters that he's got to depend and trust to hit hit the shot same thing um with LeBron so I think Porter goes to one the Bucks or the Lakers and then Ellington goes to the other the C for today the average it didn't really move the needle when I saw it I didn't really know what to think that that's the Atlanta Hawks trading for Lou Lemon Pepper Williams um former Hawk dominant scorer off the bench the Hawks do lose a veteran presence in Rajon Rondo. Um, they pick up two second-round picks. Um, the leadership you lose in Rondo, um, you also lose defensive ability in Rondo. This, this move makes me think Chris Dunn is coming back soon. Chris Dunn, the dominant defensive guard that the Hawks signed in the offseason. He hasn't played yet this year. But what I also like about the Lou Williams deal is this gives the Hawks a scorer that can play point guard when Trey Young is off the floor. Um, Lou Williams can put the ball in the basket if you need him to in spurts. He's averaging 12 points a game this year, shooting 42% from the field, 38% from three. A guy that, that you don't need him to do it for the entire game. You need him to do it in spurts. The, the spurts that Trey Young needs to get a breather, can Lou Williams go in there and, and be that spark plug? He played that role in Atlanta, when he won six men of the year, his previous stop, um, I could definitely see him doing it again. Do I like losing Rondo, especially as the Hawks have moved into playoff contention since the the firing of Lloyd Pierce and, and Nate McMillan taking over? No, I, I like playoff Rondo. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits with the Clippers. Um, I guess the Clippers didn't need much more scoring. They, they lead the NBA in scoring. Um, it provides someone that's going to kind of whip those guys into shape, but I liked Rondo as a mentor, uh, especially with all the young pieces that Atlanta did have. So it's going to be entering interesting to see, does that get mixed up? Does the, the maturity that Rondo brought kind of go away, um, with Lou Williams, especially with the incident he had in the bubble, going to magic city, getting, going to the strip club during COVID for the chicken wings, apparently. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. I like the the I the thought of it for the ability to score, especially when Trey Young is not on the floor, you got another guy that can run the offense and can be a spark plug off the bench. It, if Chris Dunn is coming back soon, the the loss of Rondo's defense doesn't concern me as much, but I do think the Hawks are going to miss the veteran leadership, that veteran presence that Rajon Rondo brought, especially as we come into playoff time. The D goes to a team that made no moves, and it's question, It's shocking that they really didn't make any moves, and that is the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets made no moves at all today. Um, currently sitting at fourth place in the Eastern Conference, uh, and it's the Eastern Conference very muddled between four and eight. But they're currently sitting in fourth place. They lose LaMelo with the wrist injury, potentially for the whole season, and not just because of the similarities in last name, but Lonzo seemed like he would have been a perfect fit um, in Charlotte, playing either with Terry Rozier or with Devontae Graham, kind of taking maybe not the scoring role that his brother had, but providing that third guard that can be used in rotation. Uh, I think Charlotte is going to regret not making a move unless they do something in this buyout market. Uh, I could see them going to maybe get a guy like Demarcus Cousins to to play down low. They they have some big guards, uh, or they have they have numerous guards with, you know, Roseier, Graham, Monk, if Ball comes back. But it, it was it was kind of shocking to see that Charlotte didn't make any moves at all. Again, seemed like a perfect fit for Lonzo. Do It's going to be interesting to see if they start to slide. Do they start to fall out of playoff contention, especially now that, that LaMelo is injured and potentially going to miss the rest of the season? I mean, you saw other teams make moves. You saw the Miami Heat got better. Uh, we just discussed the move that the Hawks made. Boston made a move for Evan Fournier trying to shore up their guard play. Chicago made moves to try and make a run. Um, the Knicks are looking to make more moves in the buyout market, it seems. But they made their trade earlier this year trying to get Derrick Rose. You've seen Brooklyn make moves over and over again. It just seems like Charlotte missed the boat here. It missed the opportunity to make a move, solidify their stance in the Eastern Conference, and, and they just didn't didn't really do it. And the F for today on trade deadline day goes to... The Houston Rockets. You poor, poor fans of the Houston Rockets. You could add Karis LeVert. You could add Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. You could add Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and pre-injury Spencer Didwitty if you had made the trade in the preseason for James Harden. But instead, instead, you flip Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. You trade Jared Allen to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now, when it was time for you to flip Oladipo, you got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and the right to swap picks, which essentially isn't going to convey into anything because the Heat are not going to have a much, much better record than the Houston Rockets are. So why would Houston swap picks? So really, you traded Victor Oladipo for Avery Bradley, who has an overpriced player option for next year, and Kelly Olenek. But, For the Rockets, you could have had a lineup of John Wall, Spencer Didwinny, Karis Levert, Christian Wood, and Jared Allen, and or Boogie Cousins. Instead, you have the dumpster fire that is the Rockets right now. And just looking at the history of Oladipo, Oladipo, who, yes, was also paired with Sabonis, became Paul George. Paul George was then able to be flipped for... Shay Gilgis Alexander and five first-round picks. So the Thunder were able to turn Oladipo into Shea, Gilgis Alexander and five first-round picks. Eventually, the Pacers were able to turn Victor Oladipo into Karis LeVert. The Rockets were able to turn Victor Oladipo into Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Like clearly, there's something that that Houston has just missed the boat. I didn't. I didn't understand bringing Oladipo in. I didn't think he... If he didn't want to be in Indiana, why would he want to be in Houston? And, and Houston had the opportunity to fast-forward their rebuild very quickly if they had made the trade for James Harden at the in the preseason, pre-Spencer Dinwiddie injury. You had an opportunity to create a, a competitive starting lineup as well as some depth, and they didn't do it. They just did not make the trade. They didn't pull the trigger and they missed out on this real opportunity. And so for that, the Rockets get an F. I mean, they're they're the clear losers of the trade deadline. And so before I get into my lesson for today, I'm going to bring in, I told y'all in the precursor on Facebook, it's a legend. I'm bringing in a legend. The guy Who uh, he's half the reason, probably three fourths of the reason, because he asked me to come on. um, That my podcast even exists. Um, He's he likes um, Justin Herbert more than Justin Herbert's mom does. Uh, It's Marlon. It's Marlon Williams from the Marlon versus Marlon podcast. Marlon is on my podcast this time.
1: Dwayne Dwayne Dwayne.
0: (laughs) What's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Legend is a little uh, it's a little too much. So let's just tone it down a little bit. You know, I'm just a regular guy out here just helping people, uh, you know, bring people together from a podcast. And, and if I can help anybody else start theirs or branch off and do theirs, hey, I'm all for
0: it. Yeah, no, uh, I, I say it in almost every episode. I, I try to shout y'all out in almost every episode. I think I've forgotten like twice maybe. But no, nah, I... I, I i'd always been able to talk sports i came on to y'all show was like i could do this this is fun this is i I like doing this and that's kind of where sports school came from
1: and and that's really the best part about it is because we all have we all have we're all brought together really from a, a a show and from there it's we're all sports fanatics different teams from all over the u.s and it's we just come together and we talk about it. And I'm sure you have friends that you probably grew up with or people you know now that you can include in your sports podcast journey. And it's just amazing. Like we don't really catch up as much or we may text here and there, but for you to just sit there and have a full blown 15, 20 minute conversation and just talk about, you know, college basketball, football, basketball, whatever. It's, it's, it's a good thing, man. So I think yeah. everybody needs a little sports school in their life, you know?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So i I've, I've, Talk about it for those that haven't listened to the Marlon versus Marlon podcast. That they'll let you know at the very beginning of their podcast. their childhood friends who most of the time argue. Uh, I, I think I've, I think I've heard them agree twice, and I've listened to <laughs> <laughs> several episodes. They say that they sometimes agree. It, it, I've hardly ever seen it, um, but they they go back and forth. It's worth checking out. I, I tell you, Marlon, I've thought about. I've, I've really thought about when I when I was building the sports school podcast should I bring in someone to do it with me should I bring in someone to do it with me here recently as I listened to you and Marlon's podcast uh, I've thought the same thing should I bring someone in to do it with me should I bring someone in to do it with me um, so what's the advantage of having someone to do the podcast with you versus the way that I'm doing it which it's literally just me and then the guest that I call in
1: well, i think the, the beauty of having a partner is you know you guys are going to have different opinions you guys are going to argue you guys are going to go back and forth and just really have different views on things so the fact that you know we have different viewpoints on things it just makes it interesting so, okay well if i'm saying the Bron's the greatest and you're saying jordan's the greatest okay let's go back and forth and state all the reasons why so you kind of have that that fiery back and forth now with you i think it's great just because you can get everything off your chest you, you have your own thoughts, opinions, you'll get those out, and you'll have guests on, and you can have that back-and-forth interaction, you know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know, I know Chad, shout-out to Chad. I think he's getting ready to to start his again. He did his some years back. So, uh, I mean, you know, it, but you can—you have all the creativity, you know, with, with when you have two people, sometimes it's, well, I want to do this idea. Well, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I want to record twice a week. I only want to do once, you know? Right. So it's you as much you may want to do everything in your mind and for the most part i'm i'm like the executive producer he's just more so of like the you know he's he's a guy behind the scenes that doesn't really do much um but most of the time i schedule all the guests i do this i do that so we kind of have an understanding to where i'm more so the driver and and he's a passenger but you know we we just kind of have that good back and forth whereas you you're driving a bus, so it's your show.
0: I've I've had I've had Ch- you mentioned Chad. Chad's the only person that I've had on multiple times. So I've had Chad yeah. on twice, and I legitimately right here like wrote down when I was trying to figure out what questions I was going to ask and what we were going to talk about. I had Chad written in parentheses like right next to that question. I was like, if uh, I had a co-host, I think it could be Chad. I don't think me and Chad like me and Chad get along. I don't think we've ever agreed, um, <laughs> but. We do we do uh, get along well. I thought that that was the guy that I was like, if I brought in a co-host, I think I could do it with Chad. The only difficulty would be he's in California and I'm in North Carolina.
1: Which I will say this, Chad has been available anytime I needed him to uh, to do anything. Anytime he's always been available. I mean, if I just give him a heads up, uh, you know, he's always there to to do whatever. So. I personally think, and it's just me giving my two cents, as I always do with everything, uh, you know, you can easily just have every three or four episodes do a simulcast where you and him do the full episode if you want to bring somebody in cool. But that way, because we know Chad calls, he don't call as much as Mike, but Chad calls a lot of shows, and he has a lot to say. So I think that would be great, just having both of you guys back and forth on uh, the different topics in in sports.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, so... All right, so look, I I know we had been texting back and forth um, earlier, and I totally, until today, didn't even think about that I was recording on trade deadline day. So I've talked about only the NBA trade deadline. Uh, I changed everything I was going to talk to you about uh, (laughs) to base it on the NBA trade deadline. You're a big Lakers fan. Um, The Lakers move that you wanted to see that didn't happen, what was it? I, which
1: I don't even know how possible it would be. I'm sure we would have to give up a, a lot, but I would have loved Kyle Lowry. And the reason why I say that is because I'm not the huge the, the biggest Kyle Lowry fan but we've seen him throughout the years drive the bus of that Raptors team, brought him to a championship although you had Kawhi, you got to still have somebody to, to lead and, and direct and be that forward general. And that's essentially what Kyle Lowry was. Um, yes, he's getting a little bit older, 34 uh, but uh, you were talking about Rondo earlier. That's who I really miss. If we could have traded and got Rondo back, that's who I would have really wanted. Um, but I don't think we would have, uh, you know, formed a trade to get him back. Now, now he's obviously over there in, in um,
0: the, the Clippers. The Clippers
1: yep. and they gave up they, they gave up one of their best options, I, I personally think, as far as who can create it on shot. But I think that they're really looking at what playoff Rondo can do and that could elevate him to a championship. So the, the move that I wanted... Um, Kyle Lowry, I mean, it, it's it's kind of interesting seeing what they're going to do with him as far as going on with next year. Um, but, you know, I would have loved to have uh, one of the greatest Raptors of all time on our team to, to lead this team.
0: So, according to Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, the hang-up on the Kyle Lowry to L.A. trade was Talon Horton Tucker. The Lakers did not want to give up Talon Horton Tucker. They had agreed on everything else. And mm-hmm. Wo- Woj didn't say what all everything else was, but the Raptors wanted Horton Tucker. The Lakers didn't want to give him up. I, I don't understand the fascination with Horton Tucker, uh, but I'm not a Lakers fan. So
1: now here's uh, the thing: if if you just break down this roster, and and you guys, of course, you're not a Lakers fan, but if you break down this roster, looking at our two best players being out, we don't really have much. I mean, one, I mean, the, our our Essentially, our best player would be uh, Schroeder. But as far as a day-in and day-out basis, we don't have any consistency. And so when you have somebody like Kyle, yes, some days he may go for 25 or or whatever. But regardless, he's going to give you 110%. So I would have loved to give up somebody like Tucker. I mean, young guy. I mean, he's not necessarily somebody like he's not a make-or-break guy for me. Just because we have Lakers, we have a lot of past few years, we've had so many moving pieces uh, that they're there for one year and then they're gone, you know. So right. uh, when you when you get somebody like Kyle, as you know, LeBron's getting older. Uh, AD, he's still young, but we've we've seen how this team uh, is without somebody as great as AD. I mean, he, we we need somebody. We need we needed another piece, and I'm just a little disappointed they didn't make any moves. I know the um, the the 76ers they were possibly looking at at getting Kyle too as well. So I don't know,
0: man. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the Lakers roster right now, and it's, it really is. I think it, I think Schroeder is probably.
1: I mean, that's it. That That's it. Other than that, I mean. We, Kuzma. We have some other pieces that can make, yeah, but Kuzma can, can get 21 nights and get, you know, air ball threes the next night. Like, he's just not consistent enough, which, I mean, I'm glad we kept him. He has a lot of potential, but when you look at our roster front to back, we have a lot of okay role players. Some of them are a little older, washed up, but. I mean, we we needed we needed something and the fact that we didn't, we've seen this what, what this team is, we're decimated without him. And it's gonna be another month or so without our two best players. This could possibly put us out the playoffs. Now we're trying to fight back to get in whenever they wanna come back and get healthy. It reminds me of LeBron's first year when he came.
0: You when know everybody when, got hurt. When he got
1: hurt, we were in fourth place and then he came back out the playoffs. So yeah, it just as a Lakers we have a small window and, and we just can't let this get away because even still, if we mess around and get the 8th seed, I mean, who wants to play Utah? Who wants to play Phoenix if we're the 7th seed? So, uh, I'm a little nervous as a Lakers fan, I'll be honest.
0: If everybody's healthy, the Lakers are the best team in the West. The question is, is everyone going to be healthy? Exactly. I, mean, I, I So I, I talked about it earlier, the buyout. Buyout market is where the Lakers are going to have to make their moves. Um, I think... I think the Lakers are in on Andre Drummond. I don't think Andre Drummond to the Lakers makes sense when everyone is healthy. So I think Whiteside is kind of more realistic for the Lakers. And then I think they're going to get one of these shooters that is going to get bought out. They just need shooting because the Lakers were originally um, in trade talks with the Hawks for Bogdanovich. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if Horton Tucker was the hangup in that deal either. I, I think it had to be built around KCP to make money work, but. I was glad that move didn't get made. By the way, I'm not K- I'm not a KCP fan.
1: Um, well, he got a, he got a great agent. I'll just tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's got the right friends. He's got the right friends. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I, um, you, you mentioned you mentioned Whiteside. I've I've haven't been the biggest Whiteside fan, and and honestly, mainly because he with him and Dwayne Wade, and and I'm I'm a huge Dwayne Wade fan, so. When, when we see them prioritize Whiteside's contract, who I thought wasn't really that great to begin with in Miami, he was just a young talent who had a lot of potential. I mean, I, I look at somebody like him, and he, he he's a little lazy to me. And I don't know that I necessarily want would want him you know, on our team, but he, he has all the potential in the world, but it seems like he can't piece it together. So um, he's just always uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, mainly because how everything fell out in Miami. About five years
0: back or so, but I think Whiteside. Whiteside reminds me of a better version of JaVale McGee. And the Lakers' best lineup last year, from what I saw, and I'm not a Lakers fan, I could be wrong, was when Anthony Davis was able to play the four, and of course, you had a, a defensive-minded center. Uh, even when Dwight Howard was playing, was in the game. It wasn't for his offensive ability. His job was to play defense and be annoying, and that was
1: <laughs> and be Dwight.
0: yeah, like that was that was his job and that was his role. And that's why I think like Drummond is Drummond a better defender than Mark Gasol? Well, yeah, me and you are better defenders than Mark Gasol right now. Exactly, but um, exactly, I think Whiteside just kind of fits better. Um, same. De- Demarcus Cousins been linked to the Lakers. I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened already. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, again, I I don't think that makes sense next to Anthony Davis. I I don't I don't know how that works. That's why I think it's going to yeah. be Whiteside. But the Lakers got to make a move at some point. Or like you, like my my next question to you is: Are the Lakers still the favorites in the West? And now the question is: Are the Lakers going to make the playoffs?
1: Exactly, which is sad and and unheard of, but. I mean LeBron. I said this last night on our podcast, or a few nights ago. I said if LeBron, if this was a playoff series, you know LeBron for sure would be playing. I mean he's he likes to take his time with injuries, as we've seen a few years back. So we don't want to rush him back. Obviously, with AD, it's a, a somewhat of a
0: extent of KD's quote unquote calf injury that became an Achilles. Boys. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which which has been an Achilles the whole time. It's been lingering around even since the bubble with as far as with AD but they just want to phrase it a calf injury just to be safe when I, I tore my Achilles so I mean hey I'm I know exactly how it feels I've I've strained it before so um you definitely want to make sure that that's 100% and not uh you know have it 120% like we LeBron we need LeBron back before we get AD but um you know you're talking about the favorite you know you kind of you got to look at what Denver did and I mean, not not necessarily for Javale McGee, but some of Aaron the other Gordon. pieces they went ahead and added.
0: So, they yeah. added Aaron so, Gordon. I like I like that fit. That Jokic, it, it, Murray, Aaron Gordon trio is going to be a force.
1: Exactly, and and that's when I look at a team like that. If Jamal Murray can click, once they get Bubble Murray back, because Jamal Murray's been a little shaky this year, but once they get Bubble Murray back, they're going to be a problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said. One hundred percent healthy, Lakers are still gonna be the best with a healthy LeBron, healthy A D, but uh even just with one of those superstars out, I, I think that we, we it could be looking ugly for Lakers fans.
0: If the playoffs started today, you guys play the Nuggets. The Lakers play the Nuggets. First round.
1: Which, yeah, which will probably be a sweep. But I mean, thank God the playoffs don't start today. Uh right. you know, but yeah, I, I definitely think the Nuggets are definitely some um, big winners in in the trade and you know, we'll see, but we got to get healthy. We got to figure out these buyouts. Whether it's Drummond Whiteside, we we need something else. But uh, P- Paul Gasol is another one that he thrives when he plays the four. When you have Paul at the five, he wasn't the best. He he didn't like banging down low. As AD doesn't like banging down low with some of these guys. So when you get finesse bigs like Paul Gasol and AD, you know they're they're best when they play the four.
0: When is Montrez Harold gonna start? Like when is the Lakers gonna realize that Mark Gasol is clearly not? Like, he's not the same guy anymore that he was when he was in Toronto. That's
1: that's our issue. When you have guys, max guys, LeBron, AD, you're going to have to just get what's left over. you know. And a lot of these guys are some has-beens, like Dwight with a small contract, JaVale McGee, who nobody really wanted. I know we had uh, DeMarcus Cousins for a little bit before. I think he popped his Achilles. Right. So we that's just – it. it's really more so of guys that – don't really have any other options, they're looking for, they want to get a ring, they're not necessarily chasing a contract, a little bit older, perfect, come right over to the Lakers. And now we're starting to see that with Brooklyn. And I know we're really talking about the West, but really with Brooklyn, you're seeing guys, you know, Blake and you're seeing other guys go there. And it's far, with this is all without KD, they're doing this. So essentially once KD comes back and he's fully healthy, I mean, that's gonna be a, any team in the West. You're not gonna want to go up against that, that team.
0: I think Boogie Cousins is going to Brooklyn. By the way, you brought it up. I think it I
1: doesn't, it, I it doesn't think surprise me.
0: I think that's where he's going.
1: <laughs> it, it, it doesn't surprise me. Too many weapons on the East side. I was one of the ones that thought that it, there was no way it was gonna work. Harden dribbles too much. Kyrie's gonna complain. Uh, you know, Katie is obviously the best player. There's no way it's gonna work, and they're proving me wrong night in and night out. Uh, and, and even when they do play together, they find ways to make it work. And I got to give a lot of credit to them. Oh. And it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for anybody in the East. Oh, I was whoever makes that fight on the West.
0: Oh yeah, no, I was I was wrong too because I thought I was almost positive that Steve Nash was gonna have to stagger those guard minutes. And yeah, I've been completely wrong. I didn't think Kyrie. I thought Kyrie and Harden could play together. I, I just didn't think they could play together for long periods of time because they would eventually start fighting over the ball. I was wrong. The Nets are dominant. I
1: remember, yeah. Uh, I remember back when Kyrie had his leave of absence and Steve Nash was doing a press conference, and he pretty much said, I don't know where Kyrie is. I reached out to him, I don't know. And then I said, boom, there it is. Kyrie doing Kyrie things. Yeah. We all knew this was going to happen. But then from there, it seems like he came back um, handling you know personal family matters or whatever, and you know they're making it work. And... Boogie goes there, Blake goes, um, you got to figure out, um, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you have all these weapons. Come playoff time, come, you know, April, May, this is going to be a, a nasty team and, and they're going to be uh, having a lot of sweeps in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. So who were your uh, winners, winners of the NBA trade deadline? And I'll tell you who um, I had. I had Chicago. Yes. I had Chicago and I had Denver. Those are my two.
1: Yeah, definitely Denver. I think those two are some of the biggest ones. Um, and, and I, I was going to ask you this, too. Really with Orlando, I think that is it time for them to just trade away the whole house and just start to rebuild? Because I felt like they, they were able to, you know, you know, with Aaron going, but it's like with some of these other players, should they have traded Ross or some of the, some of
0: the other players? I So I think Orlando traded everyone they could. I mean, they traded... Evan Fournier goes to Boston. Vucevic goes to Chicago. Gordon goes to Denver. I guess Terrence Ross is the only guy, but I think he's hurt right now. Um, I I think Orlando is just in complete rebuild mode. I I would be shocked if they keep Otto Porter. I I think Otto Porter gets bought out. Um, I think their plan is let's get as many young guys as possible and let's do what Atlanta did. Like, let's get as many young guys as possible. Let's wait for everyone to get healthy and win the sign the right free agents. Because um, Jonathan Isaac is out. He's going to be out the uh, the rest of the year. But yeah. you get Wendell Carter, you got Mo Bamba, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton now. I, I think it's just let's get as many young guys as we can and, and go from there. Who are your uh, losers? And then uh, I'll let you go. I'll stop. Wasting a bunch of your time.
1: Um, no, you good, man. It's, it's hey. Uh, anytime you need me, man, you know <laughs> I'm here. Um, you know, like you said earlier, I like what you said with, with Houston. I mean, I you could have had a lot of these key pieces, and you could have possibly built your franchise around some of these guys, and then now look at you now. And I just feel like with with Houston, I don't mean to bring. Uh, Deshaun Watson in this, but it's just not looking great for just Houston sports uh, in general. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I I wish Deshaun the best. I, I mean, say it ain't so. I know they they just paid out 1.1 billion dollars to the uh, the USC um, uh, athletic wh- wh- whoever he trainer or whatever that was doing that to all them women. So, I'm just hoping we don't see another case of this. But it's not looking good for for Deshaun. So, um.
0: I'm going to tell you my two losers real quick, and it's two teams that didn't make any moves. Uh, uh, Charlotte, I I think, shocked me that they didn't make a move, especially with Mm -hmm. where they are in the standings in the Eastern Conference, and they just lost their best player for potentially the rest of the year. And Phoenix. Phoenix is easily the most forgettable two seed I've ever come across. Like I just forget that the Suns are as good as they are, and maybe you chalk that up to Chris Paul. Like I I don't know, but I ten I,
1: thousand assists, man.
0: That's I thought crazy. I thought one of those two teams. I think both of those teams should have made some sort of move. Whether it's Charlotte going to get Lonzo Ball, where I thought he would have fit perfectly, and that's beside the fact that his brother plays there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I don't, just because you have, just be, you, with LaMelo, he essentially does everything that Lonzo does, but he's better as a rookie. Tell me one thing that Lonzo does better than LaMelo right now.
0: Runs the offense.
1: LaMelo is the offense.
0: Right. But LaMelo can't run the offense.
1: No, like, LaMelo is, like, he's, the, like, I mean, other than that, and, and you have to look at it like this, because you, you can trade for Lonzo, I believe, last year of his contract. You have to, what what if he doesn't want to play with his brother? You know, what if you, you did all that trading and now he's gone? So- but, what
0: you, but what you just said is why Charlotte made the most sense. Because if LaMelo doesn't come back, well, then you can get a guy who can, isn't as good as LaMelo, but can play LaMelo's role. And maybe his ability to run the offense makes... Terry Rozier even better than he currently is or makes Devont, or or maybe Devontae Graham becomes the player he was last year if you get a guy in there that can run the offense. Or maybe Malik I'm Monk not. finally reaches his potential. I, I don't know. I just thought... I, I I was shocked that Charlotte did nothing.
1: Especially I, as other teams I, in I, the I, East
0: got better. As
1: you were saying earlier, you're not a Lakers fan. I'm not a Charlotte fan. I'm a Lakers fan and I have had Melo or Alonzo for a few years and Alonzo can stay right where he's at (laughs) I I have I have I got the the better the the best brother of the three uh, and he's only going to get better so even if he's which I think he may come back they may not want to force him back but he possibly could come back maybe for the playoffs so I mean you know we'll see but the the ceiling is uh, I forget who said this but ceiling is roof
0: that's Michael Jordan said that (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jordan, yeah. So there it is, right there.
0: <laughs> well, Marlon, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Keep doing what you're doing in, in y'all in y'all's podcast, man. And I'll, I'll definitely have you back on uh, around draft time. Uh, see what what your Chargers do.
1: We, we'll need to do this. We got to set up a simulcast. Uh, I'll get that set up with the executive with the executive producer, which is myself. Uh, we'll get this simulcast going. And we'll, we'll we'll talk draft. That should be around playoff time. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get that going. And I would love to break down your your sorry Falcons, and uh, you know we can talk about whose quarterback is better.
0: Well, I mean that's <laughs> that's not even a conversation. But okay, man. <laughs> yeah, let's do hey, it. <laughs> hey, keep hey, keep up the great work. Um, you've been doing a
1: good job. I'm proud of you. And uh, you have any questions about anything, man? You know I'll always be here.
0: Absolutely, appreciate it, man.
1: No problem. Talk to
0: you soon. All right. That's my boy, Marlon Williams. Follow him on Twitter, at Marlon Williams. He just does it with the the number zero um, instead of the O. Uh, Big Chargers fan, big Lakers fan. It's interesting. Lakers didn't really make a move um, either. Uh, He kind of led me into what my lesson was for the day, and that's all the teams that didn't trade for Kyle Lowry, who seemed like he was the best player available uh, at the deadline today, averaging 7th. I mean, 17.6 rebounds for a guard, 8 assists, shooting 43% from the field, 40% from the three-point line. The Lakers were the team that seemed like they could have used them quite a bit. They didn't want to give up Talon Horton-Tucker. The Heat could have used them. They didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. Which, by the way, could you imagine a Heat team of Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge, bam, out of that's a big-time five, and that's a five that could compete with the Brooklyn Nets, that can compete with the 76ers. And, and Milwaukee is in there, but I, I think Milwaukee will fold come playoff time. But that's a five that can match up with those teams. Depot's, Ola is Depot's a good defender. Kyle Lowry can be a good defender in spurts. Bam, and Jimmy Butler, great defenders. So that would... Kyle Lowry would have made a lot of sense. I understand not heroes. The potential is there. I get it, but you got to go for the championship and you got to go now. Uh, You have an opportunity to make a move that puts you over the top in terms of, of what Brooklyn could do. Brooklyn can score. You would have had guys that could score, but guys that could have also played at the other end of the floor. Miami doesn't make that deal. The 76ers settle for George Hill. Kyle Lowry, again, would have made sense there allows you to move Simmons off the ball, or you could have let Lowry play off the ball and added some more scoring to, to a 76ers lineup that, again, needs to add someone to compete with the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone in the East is chasing the Brooklyn Nets, chasing Irving, uh, Harden, and Durant. And, and, and Miami had the opportunity to add a guy in Kyle Lowry. They didn't. 76ers had the opportunity to add a guy in George Hill. They didn't. The Clippers, who I mentioned earlier, they make the trade for Rondo. They settle for Rondo. Kyle Lowry is a much better version of Rajon Rondo. He's he's a better scorer. He's a better shooter. He, he Assist-wise is, is around the same. Rebounding-wise is about the same. But at this point in his career, Kyle Lowry is a better version of Rajon Rondo. He would have brought veteran leadership to any team. Um, Leonard loves playing with Kyle Lowry. Absolutely love playing with Kyle Lowry uh, in Toronto. So the teams that, that had an opportunity to make a move potentially for Kyle Lowry that did not is very shocking to me. Maybe even the Boston Celtics. If, if Boston would have had to build a package maybe around Kimba Walker but something to, to jumpstart Boston. Atlanta wouldn't have made much sense although I would have have taken him depending on what we had to give up New York, they didn't really have the pieces to make the move Charlotte wouldn't have had the pieces to make the move out in the West maybe a team like Phoenix maybe adding a Kyle Lowry to that Phoenix team could have maybe put them over the top adding another guard to play alongside Chris Paul or to give Chris Paul his breaks maybe Devin Booker plays the three while those two are on the floor and then when Paul needs his breaks you just bump them all back down Phoenix would have made sense as a destination for Kyle Lowry. Both LA teams which I talked about, Denver didn't really need him. They made their move. Portland Portland needed a, a guy like Aaron Gordon. Um but adding Kyle Lowry to that team with McCollum and Lillard wouldn't have made much sense. I could have seen Kyle Lowry in Dallas. Kyle Lowry in Dallas would have made sense allowing Luka to you know, you get to move Luka throughout your lineup taking advantage of the fact that he can play in multiple spots, that he can play multiple positions, that he can be in multiple places, um, that that roster fluidity. Uh, same thing with Porzingis. And you, you would have had a guy that can run the offense, gets everybody the ball when they need it. Um, and Luka wouldn't have to be that guy. You could play Luka off the ball, um, kind of trying to help alleviate the double teams that he's going to face. San Antonio, they could have used Kyle Lowry. It's kind of... it's. it's Trying to figure out what San Antonio is doing right now. They're currently in the playoffs, but they're getting rid of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. DeMar DeRozan was apparently on the block. Nobody made a trade for him. Uh, Memphis. Bringing in a guy like Kyle Lowry to play with John Morant, mentor John Morant, and the rest of those young guys. That would have made sense while Memphis tries to make a run. Um, Golden State. If they could have gotten Kyle Lowry, maybe built something around Kelly Oubre to send Oubre back to Toronto. Something along those lines. Maybe even finding a way to get off of that Andrew Wiggins contract, sending him to Canada in Toronto, where he'd have instantly been a fan favorite. I mean, there are just teams out there that could have used Kyle Lowry, could have used a 17-6-8 guy who brings veteran presence and veteran leadership and can run your offense. And yet, these teams didn't make those moves. It looks like Lowry's going to stay in Toronto and and he's just going to go into free agency where he's probably going to be one of the most coveted free agents Available. Before I end the show today, I, I, I'm handing out detention. Normally, you got detention. is it, it, meant to be... It, it's got a comical sense to it. It's not comical today. Um, the guys out there on social media sending death threats to kids, whether it be Liddell from Ohio State or Kofi Cogburn from Illinois. Come on, man they're kids these are kids these are 18 19 year old kids that are playing a game um if you're upset i understand being upset because they didn't play well i i understand wanting your team to win i understand fandom i get all of that but sending to the point where you're sending death threats to kids is out of line that's outrageous what are you doing like stop being a keyboard gangster get your life together um you you need to do better, do do better and, and my thoughts, prayers and, and go out to Liddell, Cockburn, and any other player that that's facing these type of these type of just unfair treatment um, and, and undeserving threats that they're getting. Um, so everyone that's sending death threats to kids because you're not gonna win your office bracket pool, well maybe, don't get into the office bracket pool if it's gonna make you that that upset. And so those those of you that are doing that that are out there, operating in this manner, you got detention. Like, and hopefully you get a lot more than that. And hopefully you get caught. Um. As I end my show, again, Marlin versus Marlin podcast. We had we had one of the two Marlins on as a guest today. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Go check them out. They're the reason the Sports School Podcast exists. If you're in the Myrtle Beach, Sunset Beach, Carolina border, North and South Carolina border region on the beach side, um, check out Diamonds and Pearls on VRBO. It is now a preferred destination, a preferred uh, rental spot. Um, Beautiful views right there on a golf course, five minutes from sunset beach about 15 minutes from myrtle beach um great place to rent out check them out they're proud sponsors of the sports school podcast check out marlin and marlin uh if you need any audio video tech needs reach out to evan tanner if you're in the north carolina region he is always willing to help and I appreciate all the support you guys are giving me. Please continue to share. Give me more audience. Get people that want to come on. Let me know. Reach out to me. I will gladly have you on. We can debate. I can question, interview. We can do whatever it is that you want to do if you want to come on here. If you guys disagree with me, those are the people that I want to talk to. Let me know. Um, so please continue to share this. this all uh, it, The podcast continues to grow. My listening base continues to grow. That's all because of you and, and word of mouth and y'all are, are sharing it. And I, I thank you for that. Uh, and the Hawks kept John Collins. So that's good. The Hawks, the, we did something right. Now let's just re-sign him. Now we, let's just re-sign him. So next week, we're going to go back to more diverse topics. It just so happened that podcast day was trade deadline day. It was very NBA heavy. So for those of you that, that want, that come to sports school for, for a variety of sports content, we're going back to that starting next week. Hey, that's all I got. Class is over. I'll see y'all next week.